you know, and I went to bed like normal, you know, at night. And uh, I, I'm woken up at 3.33 in the morning by a bright light that enters my room. And the bright light, uh, you know, I'm thinking that my, my I have blinds in my window and they're completely closed, but I can still see the entire room being illuminated from inside. So I get out of my bed and I walk towards the window and I look outside and in that moment, my entire body paralyzes. Obviously I'm terrified because even though I've been working on trying to maintain neutrality through my meditation work, um, you know, be, being in the presence of these kinds of beings that were just completely, uh, I mean, they were not human, first of all. They were, they were seven foot beings that had larger heads. One of them approaches me lifts the hand and I'm hearing in my mind the word calm and as soon as I hear that I realize that's not my my voice it's not my mind you know this is something external to me my entire body from that terror that I'm feeling completely turns neutral neutral no emotion nothing and it's moving in and out of shape and as I enter into the craft the craft can feel me and I can and the, and I can feel the craft somehow there's some kind of organic consciousness um, that I'm entering into the technology as I step on. So before me, there are three little grays now, shorter ones, probably around three feet, three, three and a half, four feet tall. And they're holding this blue prism in front of them. And from that blue prism, there are eight layers and each one of them has something inside of them. The first one, they begin to unfold in front of me and it's this alien language. And I, I'm the most complex symbols I've ever seen, but they are like mathematical equations. We are kind of existing simultaneously with all fractals of ourselves. It's like we have fractals of ourselves. Our soul is fractalized and it exists simultaneously in multiple timelines. So for example, uh, when you are in hypnosis and you tune into a past life, you're not just imagining that, you're actually transporting and existing simultaneously in this moment as well as in that timeline. Welcome everyone. So today we have an interview with Geraldine Orozco, who is an epigenetic psychotherapist and clinical hypnotherapist. But most importantly, she is a UFO extraterrestrial contactee. So in 2013, she had her abduction experience where she was taken on a UFO craft and was shown quite a lot of crazy stuff. <laughs> she was also explained that she is so-called hybrid mother and she was shown her extraterrestrial children, something like nine of them, were basically who are hybrid, half human, half extraterrestrial. So, this is a very controversial topic and I know there's going to be a lot of uh, skeptics who just going to roll their eyes probably hearing about these types of things. I want to say to the skeptics, have an open mind, you know, you never know. She's one of hundreds of women who speak out about these types of topics. For most of these women, they get through similar experiences, you know, time missing, abduction, memories, um, all sorts of things like that. On top of that, we know that in many religious texts, in many ancient scriptures, we've been hearing about stories of some kind of gods coming from heavens to earth and impregnating women and things like that. Book of Enoch, 
all sorts of things like that, right? So maybe there is something to it. And this is what she talks about. She explains that the human race is a combination of three different bloodlines, that there is this hybridization program where extraterrestrial races try to change their DNA and basically interact with women on earth. Now, I came across her presentations and her interviews online some time ago, and she has been talking about many other subjects about in metaphysics and spirituality. And straight away, I could recognize that she knows what she's talking about because I understand a lot of these subjects and that she has very extensive knowledge about some of these topics. So I became interested and then I learned that she had some of these experiences. So to me, she appears as a very trustworthy person who is definitely not making any of this up. That's why I suggest to listen to the story and see it for yourself and have an open mind. So before we're gonna start, quick announcement. If you like our content, if you listen to our stuff, if you watch my videos, please consider becoming a YouTube supporter, YouTube member. And you can become a YouTube member for as little as three bucks a month. And depending on the level of your membership, you can get different perks. So for example, there is an option where you can suggest topics, you can suggest guests, questions to the guests. Have a look at YouTube membership option and consider becoming a supporter so we can continue doing this work because it's very challenging to try to create content such as this one in the era of censorship, demonetization and big tech making your life hard all the time. So without your help, this cannot continue. So please, 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 if you are watching regularly and you want us to continue doing this work, consider becoming a YouTube supporter. Also, if you want to start working on yourself, check out my online course, Exit the Matrix. Go to truefury.com forward slash academy and check out Exit the Matrix online course. This course focuses on figuring out what is blocking you from reaching your goals and helping you to heal these aspects and overcome some of these challenges. It has a guided bonus meditation, which is the heart chakra meditation. A lot of people really enjoy this meditation. And uh, still, there is an option for some of you to purchase this course at half price. So use the coupon code Black Friday together at the checkout and you will get 50% discount. This is still available. So go to truefury.com forward slash academy and click on one of two options and get yourself the course and use the coupon code Black Friday together. Still, it works. So now let's get into the interview. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Geraldine O'Reilly. <laughs> Thank you. 
Okay, this is Mike Segula from truthfear.com and this is Truthfear Podcast. And my guest today is Geraldine Orasco. Geraldine is epigenetic psychotherapist, clinical hypnotherapist, Qigong instructor, and medical pranic healer. She's certified as NLP practitioner and is mindfulness-based stress reduction therapist. Geraldine has over 17 years of experience in energy cultivation arts. In 2013, she experienced a life-changing interdimensional contact experience, which resulted in the activation of her psychic abilities. In 2017, she underwent hypnotic regression therapy, and these regressions uncovered a lifelong history of contact with extraterrestrial races. Geraldine has been openly talking about her contact experiences and was featured in various award-winning documentaries and shows, including the documentary series with Demi Lovato, UFO Witness, Half Light, and other shows and movies. To learn more about her work and her services, you can check out her YouTube channel and other social media channels or visit her website, GeraldineOrasco.com and HybridMother.com. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, thank you for taking time to speak to me today. Um, you have some very interesting experiences. And uh, one of the first questions I always ask people who want to have the, these conversations is, what was your journey like? Um, we like to say, what was your awakening like? And I'm kind of a little bit familiar because I listened to some of your interviews and uh, presentations. But maybe you could kind of summarize um, with us, like, what was your life like um, until now, let's say, and especially in terms of your awakening journey and your experiences, if you could get a, give us just a summary. Sure. Um, so first of all, I was raised in a very spiritual family. So I was meditating and kind of studying with, alongside my parents, particularly my father, <laughs> doing research on uh, different religions, different beliefs, schools of beliefs, everything from Buddhism to Zen to, um, you know, Sufism. Uh, we kind of started out in the Gnostic church. Uh, so studying a lot of Gnosticism and just being aware of that uh, very, very, uh, deep practices of mindfulness and started meditation. So I had uh, experiences since a very early age, since the age of five. I'm having experiences where I see white lights coming into my room um, and then missing time in between those experiences. Um, mm -hmm. And they happened very specific times in my life, several times at the age of 16, age of 22, age of 24. Um, and uh, in 2013, I, I funded, well, in 2008, I opened uh, a meditation school here in the Bay Area um, just to share, basically sit down, share meditation. And that turned into a business, essentially, that um, went into training corporate meditation for companies like mm -hmm. Facebook and Google, all of these companies in the Silicon Valley. Um, and essentially, really just um, 
refocused my attention to this kind of mindfulness practices. So I became certified in mindfulness-based stress reduction therapy, uh, Qigong. You know, I went into this realm of studying a little further into understanding this, these modalities. Um, but it wasn't until 2013 that I decided to um, go deep into my own practice. And I took about four months out of my uh, my career, my, my company. I had other businesses as well. Um, and I began to meditate by myself uh, in a retreat to answer some profound questions that I had. My questions were, what was love? That was another one question. I, I realized at that age, I didn't even understand what love was. Um, I had all kinds of programming about love and I had all kinds of concepts about what it was to be a human, uh, our identities and things like that. And I realized that my identities and ideas that I was holding on to really didn't match, um, you know, what truly authentically was being felt inside of me. Um, so I went into a deep deprogramming phase. It took like four months of deep meditation, maybe up to nine hours a day. And yeah. it's, it's here where I really started to go into deep um, subconscious programs, um, ancestral belief systems that were brought down through my family lineage. I began to unpack that. And I discovered essentially doing this work, I began to activate my own intuition, um, but essentially uncovering a lot of secrets and, and stories and things about my family that nobody had known. Um, that really helped me understand, you know, where where I was coming from. Can I um, just, sorry to cut you off. Um, yeah. So can you tell me what type of meditation you were doing at that time? And uh, when you say about uncovering um, stories about your family, was it just like your intuition started guiding you towards some kind of answers or how, how it manifested? Yeah, so um, to be clear, you know, even though I, I studied many different religions, wasn't finding my home within those religions. I wasn't finding the answers to these questions in those religions. Um, and of course, there's many layers to these schools of belief systems. But, um, uh, you know, I would search and go to conferences and try to find the answers to different teachers. But um, at the end, uh, I discovered that just sitting with my own emotions and following and unpacking those emotions was really what really got me to get to the information that I, I really needed, you know, my own truth. Um, and basically sitting with those emotions opened up sub layers of emotions. And those emotions are uh, kind of like memory. They're, they're data banks of memory that are embedded in the emotion. Um, and they are memories that we pick up subliminally and subconsciously uh, kind of in, in, in the realm of our, our experiences. So um, what I realized was that, you know, our body stores a lot more than we are conscious about. And that's how I began to recall those memories and allow me to understand better what was happening in these childhood experiences, for example, that I had no recollection of before. Um, and allow me to piece together memories of family members. And that opened up that practice of meditation. So the kind of meditation that I teach now is this modality that I created called DNA reprogramming um, by following these emotional trails, getting to the root cause of the emotion. And at the same time, you're training your intuition because it's actually through the sensory emotional body that we store this information. Um, and so when you open that up, you can actually access information about the, your, you know, let's say it's, it's a memory with a parent, you open up their data bank as well. And you begin to tune into the information and the history of their memories. 
Um, so there were uh, family secrets, for example, things that happened within our family, lots of traumas and experiences that I began to uncover uh, by picking up these, uh, these emotional memories. Um, and it really made me clearly, clearly understand the roles that all these family members were playing in, in the programming you know, that I was taking on. Um, so what happened at that point was that I was deconstructing kind of my belief systems, first of my family, first myself, then my family, uh, then beginning to question, you know, where does his family get these ideas? And then going really deep into societal structures, social engineering, then deeper into, uh, you know, uh, cultural ideas, norms, religion, the influence of religions. Um, and it basically took me all the way back to the very origin of the human race uh, this in this meditation, where I began to question, well, what's behind these structures? What brings forth humanity? You know, what is dri what's the driving force behind humanity? Um, and it's at that point, precisely in October of 2013, um, that I had this experience um, on Friday night, actually October, Friday the 13th, um, you know, and I went to bed like normal, you know, at night and uh, I, I'm woken up at 3.33 in the morning by a bright light that enters my room and the bright light, uh, you know, I'm thinking that my, my, I have blinds in my window and they're completely closed, but I can still see the entire room being illuminated from inside. So I get out of my bed and I walk towards the window and I look outside and in that moment my entire body paralyzes. And um, I feel myself being brought through the wall. So I feel my body completely stretching or feeling as if it's being dissolved going through the wall. And I end up on the other side of this of this room. Uh, and essentially, my room is on top of the garage. So, uh, you know, it's right on top. Um, and so right on top of that landing of the, gar of the garage uh, roof. Um, this white light and everything is completely still all around me in my neighborhood. Um, not a single person, no wind, no air, no movement. Everything is like frozen, um, suspended somehow. And um, obviously I'm terrified because even though I've been working on trying to maintain neutrality through my meditation work, um, you know, be, being in the presence of these kinds of beings that were just completely... Uh, I mean, they were not human, first of all. They were, they were seven-foot beings that had larger heads. Uh, they, they look like, uh, like large ant-type humanoids, if I, if I would be able to describe it as best as possible. Uh, muscular bodies, uh, gray from top to bottom, no clothing. Uh, and their eyes were really huge, really, really huge, uh, you know, so... Uh, very black eyes and the terror obviously that overcomes me because I had never conceived such a thing and you know at that time you know it's been many many years that I I'm talking about 15 years that I'm not watching tv not watching films not really getting my mind very busy with any kind of fantasy things so it was just very shocking for me and um, I didn't know what it was but the being of so of the six from the white light emerges six beings of those six one of them approaches me lifts the hand and i'm hearing in my mind the word calm and as soon as i hear that i realize that's not my my voice it's not my mind you know this is something external to me my entire body from that terror that i'm feeling completely turns neutral neutral no emotion nothing um and i realize this this beings have a lot more power than me 
So I'm being taken with them. Basically, I am uh, guided in on board this light, this light, which is a lenticular light that is moving in and out of shape. But uh, it is a, a metal, but it's like a plasma metal, almost as if you were to look at mercury, but in a, a, a complete luminosity, uh, a mer mercury that has a, a luminosity, and it's moving in and out of shape. And as I enter into the craft, the craft can feel me, and I can and the, and the, I can feel the craft somehow. There's some kind of organic consciousness um, that I'm entering into the technology as I step on it. And, and again, I'm I'm in my pajamas. You know, I'm in my nightgown. Uh, so you know, I'm feeling. Mm. Yes. Sorry, can I ask yes. you. Um, so you're kind of pulled uh, into the ship through some kind of force or something like that. No, no, I'm being guided. I'm being guided oh, by them. Like we're literally walk, walked. Walking. Right? Well, to be to be completely honest with you, I don't remember actually no. walking. That's the 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 thing about it. So, um, but of course, at that point, I didn't really have very much control over my body. You know, um, I I just feel numb because uh, they I guess they removed all the sensation from my body. But I remember, uh, I remember that when I stepped on board the craft, then I can feel the sensation of the craft and the acknowledgement of this technology, this incredible technology. And it was an organic technology. It's not something that has nuts and bolts and, and you know, it's one piece. Yeah. And this is the triangular UFO? No, this is a lenticular craft, lenticular craft. So it's kind of like an oval shaped craft. Um, and it's, it's, it's really huge, but when you go inside, it actually looks a lot bigger than what it looks outside. I don't know how to explain that, but um, uh, yeah, the light that was emanating from it is kind of like a silverish, purplish blue light. You know, when you when you uh, approach that that metal, that metallic substance, that's what it would look like. Um, yeah, and so as I enter into the craft, it had two hallways: one going to the right, one going to the left. Um, and, uh, as I'm walking down this curved hallway to the left, uh, the five of the other beings go up ahead and the one that's guiding me creates this holographic imagery of a fake field with a blue sky and green grass, almost as if they're trying to hide the interior of the craft and just distract me with this holographic mm -hmm. image. But the, the image has this little white paved road, which I am basically made to follow, this hologram. And as I follow that, I'm led into this gigantic uh, triangular glass building within the craft. This is the imagery, the, ho the hologram they're creating for me. And I enter into that, that uh, building uh, and I turn around. And as I'm looking at the little path that I came from, there are two tall gray beings. And in the center is my aunt. And she's in her nightgown. She's unconscious. Her hair is, is a mess and she's walking, but she's not looking where she's walking. She's just completely unconscious as if she was sleepwalking. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm trying to call out her name, trying to figure out what she's doing there. Uh, she doesn't hear me. No, no sound comes out of my voice. And she just walks and they take her through the hologram to the right uh, and disappears. And at that moment, I began to feel terror again because I didn't understand what was happening. I didn't understand what she was doing there, um, but they removed this hologram and I find myself inside of this room that probably it could seem like it was some kind of control room of some kind. On the right side of the room, there's this oval table and there are uh, holograms of planets uh, with blue light 
absolutely beautiful, absolutely complex. Um, and I want to ask you something, sorry. Yeah. Um, so with your aunt, yes. do you think she was there or was it a part of the image, holographic image to kind of show you something familiar? Yeah, well, she was there and I will explain why uh, in a minute because something happened years later uh, that was just shocking about this experience that included her. So I will, I will share about that. But just as a side note, I uh, remember that she was there, <laughs> that I saw her there in her nightgown. Okay, And so um, uh, anyway, looking at this room, um, there are lights and panels. And, and when I'm looking at the ceiling, I'm realizing that I can see through. It's a translucent, uh, it's a translucent craft. And I'm seeing stars beyond that. Um, and so before me, there are three little grays now, shorter ones, probably around three feet, three, three and a half, four feet tall. And they're holding this blue prism in front of them. And from that blue prism, there are eight layers and each one of them has something inside of them. The first one, they begin to unfold in front of me and it's this alien language. And I, I'm the most complex symbols I've ever seen, but they are like, mathematical equations let's say chemical chemical bio uh, uh you know uh, mathematical equations that's what that's the closest thing that i can describe it to um and i try very very hard to make sense of what i was seeing but i only recognize a couple symbols like for example the infinity symbol mm -hmm. um there were dots and there were some strange symbols and also a symbol that i used to draw as a child and i'll talk about that more later but um, there's these little hints within these experiences that help you understand that you're having these experiences and more, more times in your life. Um, and so the more I would relax, the communication was telepathic. I would receive imagery in my mind, um, actually. And the way that they communicate are in universes. So, you know, their concepts are extremely, extremely expansive. They include yourself, let's say your country, the world that you live in, the solar system, the galaxy, and then the universe that you live in. Um, that, that's how they deliver one thought, if you can think of communicating that way. Um, so, you know, it was mind bending. Um, and after they remove that, um, the next layer of that prism uh, they begin to show me eight little, uh, uh, seven, seven lights. And I recognize these lights or organized in the form of the Pleiadian constellation. Mm -hmm. And uh, as a child, um, you know, I used to pray to this constellation. I don't know why. I just have this um, very, very strong memory of always going outside and praying to it um, uh, for some reason. But I recognize it. Um, and they took me essentially they show me the planet maya in in this constellation alcyon is the largest star uh, within that constellation and maya is i think the third largest of that constellation but uh, they take us there and when we arrive at this uh, planet in, within the planet um, they begin to show me that i was a part of these Pleiadian beings. And actually they show me myself existing here in the Pleiadian, uh, in this in this planet. That, that was uh, downloads you were receiving to kind of, or you moved with the ship to that planet? Moving, moving, okay, traveling so, with them. So it was like instant and you found yourself down? Correct, yes. I mean, it, it it's, 
it's an it's an instant that uh, you know here it boggles the mind because you know the, our understanding of time and space is very specific. Uh, so the only way that I'm uh, can understand this is that we're literally traveling through some kind of wormholes where our limited understanding of physics, you know, it doesn't quite work that way. So, um, you know, another thing I want to mention. Um, so not sure if you're familiar with Gosha Dushak. Uh, she has a YouTube channel. They claim to have contact with a group of uh, Pleiadians from Taigeta. And uh, they talk about Maya, a planet mm -hmm. that apparently uh, Mayans, uh, you know, in South America actually came from Maya. They, yes. you know, they're humanoid, but they originally were extraterrestrials. Some of them came back or something like that. So that's a kind of interesting uh, bit. I'm not sure if you ever heard about it or anything about that. Yes, yes, and actually, that's correct. That that that's also what I have seen in my mm -hmm. in my travel because I, um, it's not just about the name, but it's the frequency of technology. If you study deeply the the uh, technology there within the Mayan ancient culture, uh, their numerical system, their calendar system, and the way that they uh, you know have this information about astronomy is is incredibly advanced, um, but myself having the experience of going to this planet and, and interacting with these beings. Um, in, in fact, their entire culture is based on advanced numerology and the understanding of the connection between the organism in the universe and the, and the role that we play. So that's very much a Pleiadian concept. And there's many layers to this Pleiadian concept that are both positive and negative, um, as with everything. Um, and of course, the Pleiadian, uh, the Pleiadian bloodline, which is part of the inheritance of human race, is very deep. It runs very, very deep, and it plays a big role in a lot of the subconscious aspects of our culture as a human race, including uh, elements like Christ consciousness and things like that. Were all things that we adapted from this Pleiadian consciousness, and we see that around the world, not just in the Mayan culture, you know, because it's a yeah. Yeah, and uh, so I actually, because, you know, one of the other things they talk about, the Tegetan crew, let's say, they say that, um, you know, original humans are from Lyra, so, which is, I think, is a star in Pleiades, and uh, a lot of humanoids had to leave because of the wars with Draco reptilians, and they basically expanded to different stars and different systems. And uh, humans on Earth are kind of like, uh, you know, we are their ancestors or something like that. So technically, um, you know, we are them, or at least, but I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Because you, yes. you, you know. Good. No, no. What's your view? Because you you talk about three different bloodlines, right? Mixed over uh, periods of time, right? That's correct. Um, and actually, um, uh, the, these concept of these wars, these Draco reptilian wars, um, you see, um, it, what I see is that that was a certain timeline. But we have to understand the nature of our reality. We are existing in infinite timelines simultaneously. 
um, and perhaps somebody brought the information about these wars, which is relevant and has has some kind of influence on our human race. But there are many timelines, including the one I'm going to tell you right now, because what what I have experienced um, is that uh, you know the human race has has specific different uh, origins. There are three main bloodlines, as as you mentioned. Um, and but the, these three bloodlines are not pure. They're also hybridized uh, mm -hmm. bloodlines. Um, and one of them is a Draco reptilian kind of bloodline. The other one would be uh, the most humanoid Pleiadian type of bloodline. And the, the other one would be kind of reptilian bloodline. Um, and these three bloodlines from there are part of a hierarchy of consciousness that is originating from the source. Um, and one of the best depictions of what I have seen uh, for, to explain this information is the story of the Book of Enoch, which describes mm -hmm. how we descend from the original source into the unfoldment of humanity. But I feel that um, all of these races, the species of these alien or interdimensional, I call them interdimensional, I don't use the word alien, doesn't really make sense to me. Interdimensional uh, races and species um, are, are ranges of vibrational frequency that are organized. Uh, and we have, we are descendants of that, absolutely. That I see 100% because in our own biology, we hold within our biology and also within our psychological archetypal uh, structures, we hold um, these vibrational essences within ourselves. And they make up who we are. Um, and um, what I see with my work now uh, with contactees is that a lot of these uh, experiences, they run in the family lineages. So, for example, in my family, uh, the connection with Pleiadian and Arcturian and Lyran, extremely strong. And most of the family members in my family have had experience with these beings. Uh, you know, and it's not something that we just uh, imagine, but separate experiences, separate studies brought together and compared. Uh, it's pretty interesting. And, and I do find this in many families that actually people have very strong connections with specific lineages. Um, yeah, I, my, my family as well. We have yeah. we learned quite a lot about some of our uh, connections with Draco reptilians, you know. I, I, I had my experiences on psychedelics where I would jump into these lifetimes and see myself in these bodies and my cousin as well. And then, then I would see my dad and things like that. My um, ex-girlfriend, she remembers some of these lifetimes as well. So it's kind of interesting how we incarnate in groups. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. But uh, some of us, for example, like in my family, uh, some of us are still service to self and other ones kind of shifted and and i had interactions where they were not very happy about my work now like we had some very tough interactions sure. mm -hmm. but let's come back to the yeah what, sure. what was happening on the spaceship because we kind of <laughs> yes. moved away and and you know there's some interesting stuff uh, happening yeah uh yeah so uh just to quickly resume, so I'm I'm in the Pleiades and I'm being shown two different timelines in the Pleiad in this Pleiadian planet, this planet, um, where they are showing me uh, as a Pleiadian being and in one of the lifetimes. So, so I, I cannot explain how this 
first of all, uh, we we are traveling and moving interdimensionally. Okay, so this this we're not traveling at the speed of light. We're traveling much further, faster than the speed of light, in which we are simultaneously interacting with these dimensional planes. Okay, so uh, they are showing me one timeline, another timeline of myself in the planet to under to let me understand that I, I have been Pleiadian, maybe couple couple lives, many lives, and what I'm doing. So first, they, first, sorry, they, they would show you you. Um, Correct. Or, yes. Um, in form of visions or? No, no, just took me to the planet, to the oh. place and actually okay. show me myself right. there. So I'm seeing myself um, existing. So if you can imagine an experience here on Earth where you see an orb, an orb of light. OK, mm -hmm. so imagine that I'm inside that orb of light. Okay, looking at myself here. So this is what's happening in this case. We we are we are traveling interdimensionally in, and we are existing physically, somehow physically, in the timeline that they're showing me. Okay. And so yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is a little bit like uh Daryl Anka can uh, try to channel Bashar, who is like his future self, and this is your past self. Or some, something like that. Yeah, and it's not a, it's not a channel. It's like I mean, we are, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I mean, but but just uh, the version of you that you encountered sure, sure. was like your previous Correct. self, or Correct. simultaneously existing. Simultaneously existing. Okay, mm -hmm. and I talk a lot about this because what I discovered by studying all these things is that there's kind of an architecture to this to these non physical realms. Um, and we, we are kind of existing simultaneously with all fractals of ourselves. It's like we have fractals of ourselves. Our soul is fractalized and it exists simultaneously in multiple timelines. So, for example, uh, when you are in hypnosis and you tune into a past life, you're not just imagining that. You're actually transporting and existing simultaneously in this moment as well as in that timeline, which you have access to through your vibrational frequency. Um, and now that's how the information is, is able to be accessed through quantum non-locality. So if you understand how quantum non-locality functions, we kind of tune in to these vibrational frequencies in alignment with ourselves. So this is what's happening in, in this uh, situation that we're kind of, uh, uh, I, I'm traveling with them to these timelines and I'm in the presence of my own, my, my future. I don't, there's no past or future in, in myself here. Um, and they show me as a man with a long white beard a very tall uh, white being with blue eyes uh, and another timeline where I am a woman um, and I am teaching to a crowd of people like like thousands, thousands of people. Um, and I don't know what I'm speaking about in that moment, but I'm led to understand that it's something about similar to what I'm doing today. Now, in 2013, I was still in my business, uh, in my in my entrepreneur days of my life. Um, so I was not, um, I couldn't imagine in a million years that I would be doing what I'm doing today. Okay, so completely uh, not, not think about that. So they bring me back into the craft. We, uh, they begin to show me the prism once again. And from the next layer of the prism, uh, eight little lights appears. And from those eight little lights, Four of them manifest in in the in front of me, uh, these four children, 
And at first I look at the children and I realize these are not just human children, although they look very human, they are a combination of a different kind of species because the structure of the body is different. They're more thin, the skin is more gray, more translucent. They have these larger heads and the, the, the size of the pupil is about the size of our ocular socket, the pupil mm. itself. Um, so, you know, just completely uh, shocking to in, uh, encounter these beings. But the most shocking thing is that I can recognize myself in the child and it's almost as if you're connecting with a relative. So I realize and I recognize immediately I'm related to these children um, and maybe these are my children. And when I connect, uh, make eye contact with the child, I immediately have this I, first of all, I feel completely naked because the, the child sees right through me. It's this kind of look that they can sense and feel everything I'm thinking and feeling. And I begin to remember memories of being with these children, holding them in my arms, um, giving birth to them. And I was completely shocked as to where those memories had been because I, I you know, I, I couldn't understand how I can have a child and not remember something like that. Um, so it was very difficult, but I had to immediately, my concern was for the children. So I was immediately moving through my emotions and saying, okay, well, I guess I have to be here with these children to take care of them. Um, but as those memories started to come back, uh, there were four, there's a, a little boy, a, a two little girls. One of these little girls, uh, had very, uh, blonde hair and blue eyes and, I was shocked to recognize this little child because as a child, I had a reoccurring dream um, that my mother would emerge from a white light and she would be holding with her hand this little girl with blonde hair and blue eyes. And I, I was confused because I said, well, is this going to be my future sister or my, my child in my future? Um, and so this is a very important element of the hybridization experience and the presentation process that actually happens very commonly with contactees, that a family member will present the child in a dream to the person many times. It's a reoccurring dream. It's a very common phenomenon of the hybridization program. To make it familiar or? Uh... To make it familiar, yeah. Yeah, so it's a little bit uh, complex in regards to why they do this. But uh, in our biology, for example, organisms that bond with the mother survive longer. Okay, there's an imprint, there's, there's an energetic imprint that is occurring between the mother and the child. And so I believe that this is something that is occurring, uh, that they create these presentation scenarios to present the children to, uh, to, the, to the parent, essentially, both men and women, this is happening. So a lot of my clients, for example, they're having dreams of children. Uh, you know, children uh, that are being brought to them, presented them, taking care of them. And they're very specific scenarios. It's not just random dreams. Um, mm -hmm. The children don't really look quite human. There's someone presenting it to them, which is a very uh, interesting uh, scenario. And they will use familiar people. Some, some people see angels bringing the children. Some people see Jesus. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, some people see their aunt, their favorite aunt. Uh, just so that it can seem uh, intentional mm -hmm. and that it's, uh, yeah, it's related to them. Um, so anyway, uh, that, that was shocking to see the child, but I recognized her immediately. And this was a dream that I would have very, very often and extremely vivid. Okay. So when, when you were a child, when I was a child. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, so 
the the other one was a little bit older he's a taller boy and he kind of reptilian he's a humanoid slash reptilian and when i saw i was completely shocked because i never saw something like that in my life before and i didn't even know about reptilians back then i didn't understand any of this right so uh the children connect with me and they're taken they're taken in in into the room and I began to get very emotional because I said, well, you know, what, what's the point of this meeting if I'm not going to interact with them? Um, and they, what I heard telepathically is, don't you understand? That's, that's what they're telling me to me. Don't you understand? Um, and they begin to show me a holographic image of a tulip, which they zoom into the molecular level of the tulip. And they begin to show me the atoms, the oscillation, the networks of energy that are being created to create that tulip. Um, and they begin to show me essentially how uh, the world is very much a construct. It's a holographic construct um, of information. And we, as souls encapsulated inside this physical vessel, exist within this kind of uh, holographic construct. And that being explained, showing me the connection between the human race and the universe as a whole and how we are not separate in any way mm -hmm. and for the first time in my life i experienced the most incredible peace that you just have never experienced of being completely interconnected to the to the to the universe um but still your own individual entity of observation mm -hmm. somehow um so you know uh, the next thing I know, I open my eyes. I'm on the edge of my bed, hanging on the side of the bed. Um, and I have burn marks over here underneath my eyes, above my cheeks. Uh, my feet are dirty. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting down. I sink down to the floor. My body's shaking. It's hurting. My entire body's hurting like I got hit by a truck. And... Um, I'm immediately thinking I need to call the police, I need to call the hospital, uh, something, you know, to figure out what to do in that moment. And as I reach for my phone, the time was 6.15 in the morning. So the time was from 3.33 in the morning to 6.15 in the morning. Um, and I, I began to cry because I was thinking, you know, it's going to sound ridiculous for me to call the police station, tell them what happened. They're going to think I'm crazy. So it just, it just wasn't, I didn't know what to do. Um, so after being emotional, I grabbed a notebook and I began to draw the symbols that I saw that I could remember as many of the symbols that I could remember inside a notebook. Um, and I put it to the side. Uh, basically, I couldn't do anything the entire day. I slept the entire day until the next day, 24 hours. Uh, and the next day, um, um, I uh, talked to my parents about what had happened to me. And I was very shocked to find that my parents had also had these kinds of experiences. And it was shocking to me because it was the first time in my life that I had openly communicated about these kinds of experiences. And they made it seem so normal, right? So I'm freaking out thinking these guys are going to think I'm crazy or, uh, you know, I'm on drugs. I don't take any kind of drugs of any kind or any stimulants um, because I'm very sensitive. And, um, you know, they told me, oh, yeah, we had those experiences too. Uh, we, I have many dreams about these crafts, about these beings. So, you know, it, it just, I was confused what to do with the experience. So the next day I go to my work and I'm teaching meditation to my client in my office. When my client walks in, 
I'm seeing these incredible fields of light around her body. I'm seeing and, and sensing her emotions in my body. I can, everything she's thinking, what she ate this morning, what she's mm -hmm. gonna do today, everything is just open. And um, essentially what had happened is that it activated these psychic abilities for me. And uh, I began to give her information about what she was gonna be doing in her court case. <coughs> she was going through a divorce, uh, a court case. Uh, and I gave her information that was essential to that day in the court case. Uh, and, you know, I didn't know how, uh, how, how this happened. Okay. So I couldn't leave my house for three months after this experience. I couldn't leave my house. Um, and it took many years to integrate that. Um, so I, I started learning about energy. I started studying about energy energy bodies so I can understand and translate the information that I was seeing and essentially teach myself how to master my own energy body um, and cultivate these intuitive abilities because uh, I wasn't able to have any kind of boundaries at that point. And wanna, yeah. Sorry. Um, so I want to kind of mention a little bit my story because yeah, yes. some of the experiences were similar. So wow. Basically, um, you know, I was also experimenting a lot with meditation and Qigong um, and different healing modalities similar yeah. to Reiki, distant healing and things like that. And it feels like it was preparing me for some kind of activation mm -hmm. because same like in your case, because you had this instant um you know, upgrade where you became sensitive and your psychic abilities open up. But it looks like it happened, you know, when you took break and you decided to meditate intensively. So in a way, your system uh, was open already, prepared for this yes. kind of activation, right? Yeah. And I had this kind of similar thing uh, where I was already practicing these things. I got into Qigong just because I thought it's going to help me with my joints and things like that, completely didn't think it has to, something to do with prana and qigong. And then I had this uh, one-time experience where I had a kundalini awakening, but it it happened when I smoked a little bit of weed and I went to bed and I had this kind of white light appeared in front of my forehead and started sending me electric shocks for around 40 minutes, but it was very positive. And uh, since that day, I became way more sensitive to energies and it's mm -hmm. eight mm -hmm. uh, with me till today. So it's kind of seems to be some pattern, you know, when you, you have some kind of activation, um, whatever the method yeah. or technology is used, but you need to kind of clean the pipes before, you know, yes. because mm -hmm. it's basically you have to prepare yourself for it. Yes. I, I've heard about different people who had these types of experiences, wasn't maybe on the ship. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, yes. And so um, the way that I explain it is that precisely because we're moving in and out of different dimensions, um, you know, our body is adjusting to these different dimensions that we, I mean, we're constantly moving in and out of dimensions, but our awareness of them is what will help us keep the memory of the interaction in that, in that uh, dimension. And memory is actually, 
it's a bioelectrical, biochemical, um, and etheric system of our body. The more memory we recover, the more we activate abilities and things within the body because it's just very interconnected. Um, so when we move into these dimensions, we have these experiences. Um, we think that we're out of body, but the body is experiencing and adjusting to the vibrational frequency that we access. Um, so, you know, uh, the way that I, I see it is that we are activating DNA. Okay, what does that mean? It's such a, it's, it seems to be such a common thing to be saying nowadays. But actually, the mechanics of the activation of DNA is pretty, pretty complex because um, it's, it has to do with the amount of gray matter that we're growing in the brain and also down the spine, which allows us to, be, to create more conductivity in the body. Mm. And the more that we are more conducive to life force in the body, it sustains higher bands of frequency. So that's why meditation is the groundwork. You, without meditation, you can't go anywhere that will be sustained and integrated, right? Um, and so there's like, you you are training the physical body in order to be able to sustain your navigation of higher dimensions. And this do is you, a... Mm -hmm. Sorry, do you think that when you do a lot of these energy exercises like Qigong or meditation, that you actually allow to connect to these other aspects of yourself, which are multidimensional, like your higher self, or let's say if your body is multi-dimensional, you kind of uh, tune into these other aspects of yourself. That's why you can get these upgrades or something. Because sometimes I notice that if I do Qigong, I get these downloads that are more frequent and they seem like, I don't know, it seem like higher self or something because they're exactly what I need you know, or, or kind of helping me with some things. Yeah. It's almost seems like they come from me, but I know there are downloads, but they would come from like me knowing myself because it's exactly in the way I would talk to myself. So I feel like maybe through just cleaning myself with Qigonger meditation or somehow I'm accessing these other layers that are not, non-physical i'm not sure right? i'm trying to figure it out how it works yeah absolutely well i i teach extensively about this on my channel um but um we are we are multi-dimensional energy bodies okay so our the physical part of us is only one to two percent of the dna okay mm. so the dna is writing the protein that creates this physical body it's only one to two percent Okay, the rest of the DNA, which we have uh, have been told is junk DNA, actually there are many complex systems that are being intercommunicated within the non-physical and the physical part of our organism because we are both, and the science now being able to support these through the study of the morphogenetic field. Okay, so we have a morphogenetic field, which is essentially the instruction manual that brings this physical vessel into the form of what we are. So there's a lot of information being passed here. And the kind of information that we access from the DNA, that's why DNA activation is so powerful, which is essentially recovering your memory. How do you recover the memory? Is um, it's, it's a wave, it's a sine wave, it's a, it's a frequency, it's like a radio dial that when you, when you tune your radio dial of your physical body to a certain frequency, you begin to open up 
to those informations that are available for you in that frequency. So when you do Qigong, for example, or when you're doing pranic healing or energy work like this, you are moving denser energies out of the body or you're transmuting them. Um, and this is raising your vibrational frequency, which allows you to open up to these higher bands of information. But those bands of information are existing all the time. It's just depending on whether you are clearing your energy in order to be in alignment and in resonance. It's actually a resonance that is occurring. Yeah, it yeah. seems like, um, you know, even when I had my, because I, I've done a lot of work through psychedelics and obviously everyone has different ways, different paths, yeah, but sure. for me, they worked really well to help me to understand a lot of these things because I could jump into different lifetimes, jump into different densities, you know, all sorts of things like that. Sometimes when I would be in those bodies, um, seeing these past lives, you know, in different star races, um, yeah. I could feel everyone around me. Mm -hmm. So because, you know, in higher densities, you're kind of more of an energy being, right? So exactly. yes. you cannot hide the emotions. You cannot lie exactly. because we feel each other, right? So, so it kind of makes sense if, let's say, here we are more dense and if we allow flow of prana, you know, to increase, yeah. we, we kind of raise the frequency and then we become more sensitive and, mm -hmm. you know, we start feeling more... And this is really allows for senses to evolve and open to these higher senses, right? Exactly. It's kind of makes sense. It's, it's a science in a way, but. Very much, very much so. Well, um, our bodies are made up of chakra system. You know, as, as you know, the energy centers in the body function like routers of information. So the, the chakras actually are processing the data from the DNA uh, into the physical vessel but and also um, that's where we pool programs, subconscious belief systems, uh, it, which are then allowing you to experience the emotions that you have. Emotions are actually one of the most powerful aspects of the human because emotions are bioelectrical charges that we put into this holographic construct. We input um, through our emotions into the system. So this is also important for contact because as what I what I notice in my own experiences, because I've had many experiences after that, obviously conscious experience, um, that emotions kind of tend to pollute the space when you enter into these uh, crafts or when you're in the presence of these beings. They are very very intentional uh, with their presence. So as mm -hmm. you mentioned, certain emotions that you feel, uh, you know, they they don't waste their time having complex, uh, confused emotions. They're completely in the present moment, aware of what they're experiencing. And there's no judgment. So there is no necessity to be pulling into these emotional belief systems um, because they create major fluctuations in your frequency field. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you're next to a draconian or a reptilian, boy, the energy of those beings are so, 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 so deep and dark. It's just completely different, you know, and you can feel it. And actually just being in their presence triggers those kinds of memories as well and those emotions. Yeah, they can be kind of very aggressive uh, and it's very much out of coherency, like very, very kind of ego 
aggressive behavior, right? You, you have, yes. I think. Well, yeah. Um, one time I was taken on board a craft, uh, these draconian motherships, you can say, okay? Because um, as a child, I was very intuitive as well. And I had many dreams, dreams of being taken with these draconians as a child for utilized for remote viewing, utilized for giving information. And um, uh, it's because the bloodlines, they're very interested in blood because again, your DNA is the key to your uh, ancestral intergalactic history. So this is what is preyed upon by more parasitic races. They prey upon that because it's access to a soul. And so these dra draco reptilian beings um, in, in the craft, their craft is not using any kind of technology. It uses uh, the intention of the people navigating this craft. And the energy inside of that craft is like the most horrifying things that you can think of in, in your life. If you push yourself really hard to think the most horrible things, that's the kind of energy that is they exist within these beings. That's what they feed off. Um, but I, I do want to mention that my perspective of these kinds of races has kind of changed over the years into not being more of a, uh, you know, talking about a species or trying to separate these beings. What I learned is that it's about vibrational frequency and that um, in this construct, we are here to experience duality. So there's always this light and this dark energy. So I don't really see the Draco reptilians as something negative anymore. I think that they mm. play an important role to the duality, duality in this construct. But I think it's completely up to us to neutralize those Draco reptilian uh, roots that we have within us and bring it into this higher vibration because this is why we are accessing those uh, that consciousness, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, they cannot exist without our free will and our exactly. choices. So they're kind of shadow aspects of our own behaviors and our own, because they only feed if people allow that, if they make these choices. Yeah. So if people start changing, you know, they, they don't have anything to do here, right? Yes. Um, yes. And, and actually, the way that this construct works is that they already exist. So it's it's kind of both ways. They exist because us and we exist because because them. That's how deeply interconnected and interdependent we are, especially in this three dimensional plane. Um, you know, all of these archetypes, because the draconians represent a very specific archetype of humanity mm -hmm. and we have it within our subconscious mind. So the alchemization and the transmutation of that life force that exists within each of us um, is what will elevate us out of the resonance of interacting with these beings. Um, and this is why we're at such an interesting point in human evolution right now, that we are going through some kind of shift in vibrational frequency collectively, where all of these shadow parts of humanity are coming to the surface and we're having to face them. We're having to hear about all these hor horrific things that humanity has done for centuries in order to bring consciousness. And in reality, we don't really have free will until we understand what that means and the only time to have free will is first of all the deprogramming of your matrix programming so basically all of the indoctrination uh these belief systems of limiting beliefs um and the ignorance of the of the use of life force especially primordial life force uh which is sexual energy 
because the inversion and the manipulation of sexual energy is what is being utilized for hybridization programs and also by these Draco reptilian shadow government programs in the earth are all utilizing the inversion of that life force. So the more that the human becomes aware of the mastery of these energies, this is how they begin to evolve and transcend into you know, a higher state of awareness. And our hope now, what we're working on right now for the next 10 years, is that hopefully more of humanity is kind of moving towards that transmutation process. Um, now, this doesn't mean that the darkness will be gone. It doesn't mean the reptilians left this universe, the draconians are gone, the Pleiadians, no. Um, what it means is that we are integrating and we're becoming a unified uh, consciousness. We are becoming, we are dissolving the illusions of race and separation um, from duality into a unity consciousness. And that's, that's really what we're doing. Um, that's the hope. Yeah, this is the idea of uh, shift into, let's say, 4D, 5D, and uh, entering that Christ consciousness. And I even in the book of Enoch, they talk about the end times, how like the righteous ones will have the earth for themselves and the selfish or whatever, they'll have the end of the world and things like that. So it's kind of like mm -hmm. a split mm -hmm. of timelines depending on your polarity, how yeah. are you more service to self or service to others? This right. is the version of reality you're, you're going to experience in a way. Mm -hmm. But actually, this is a, another interesting topic I wanted to ask you about. What do you think about the shift uh, into these higher densities? Because, uh, you know, many people think that we are entering fourth density at the moment. And this is something all these cultures talked about, Mayans or, you know, in the Bible or Hopi. Do you think, what do you think it's going to look like? Um, some people think that, you know, um, there might be like economic collapse, maybe some other, other thing that maybe there's going to be some transformation of this um, economic system into something more sustainable because let's say it seems like we're resonating with a positive timeline because uh, i think you know i've been getting a lot of insights about that for years and uh, i was being shown how these things look like and even on psychedelics i could see the timelines sometimes you know i could enter into a state where i could exactly see how reality on earth is actually connected with my own choices and behaviors. And I was being warned in the, about negative timelines before, before, you know, COVID, I was getting warn, warnings about that for years. And I didn't fully understand like what's, what, how it's going to look like. Yeah. I was being shown like, you know, that everything's going to get dark and, you know, it's going to be some kind of drastic things, but then seems like we moved away from the negative timeline and, we we are on the positive one. What do you think is going to be happening over the next, let's say, twenty years? Uh, because obviously, we are moving faster and faster. And do you think we already entered the four D? Let's say officially, we are kind of past the the split. Yeah. So. Um... 
the way that I look at it is a little bit differently. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Um, I think that we are constantly moving out of different dimensions all the time. So I don't see that we're moving into specifically 5D. Like, I'm yeah. not really sure what people mean by that, because we are constantly moving in and out of different dimensions individually. Remember that this experience is very individual, okay, because because we have universes within ourselves that we are projecting and then collectively we create this world that we are coexisting within. Um, and so, so that being said, our, our personal influence in the direction of what the human race is gonna experience collectively has a lot to do with our internal po uh, personal work. So mm. the alchemization of our shadow within is a direct reflection of what happens collectively. And I think that we experienced that very viscerally over the past three years with the pandemic in order to understand how people are consciously choosing and waking up from the illusions that are being fed to us through the technologies that we connect with. So what my reference is going to come by looking at the models of advanced civilizations of other species and what mm -hmm. they have gone to in other timelines. All of these species have gone through these transition phases the way that we're going through them. Because if you look at the history and the progression of human history, we are exactly going in the progression of this transformation from separation and from the imbalanced existence of feminine and masculine presence in our reality into unity. So all of the old constructs that were fundamentally built on these imbalanced perceptions will dissolve. Absolutely. But the question is, what will we put in place? Because we have to understand that right now our system is run. So, you know, 175 companies own all of the companies on this planet. You understand all of them. Yeah. There is a monopoly of power, supposedly monopoly of power. The illusion is that there's a monopoly of power uh, and control based on the structure of this architecture of this of this reality. So in order for that to change, every human has to wake up consciousness and then make the choose the choose consciously daily within their actions, within their contribution, where people put their money, literally, where they're investing time and energy um, in, in a sense, defunding and shifting this, uh, this attention from these uh, smaller groups of power into back into the humanity, into the more organic. So what does that entail? First of all, we have to change as individuals. We have to go back to more organic way of living. So farming, literally, to be more self-sustaining and creating our own food systems. That's a huge thing because one of the ways that humanity is enslaved is through food, sex. Mm -hmm. Okay, food, sex, and fear, right? So those are the things that are the manipulations of human race that keep us in hypnosis. So these are the things that we're gonna be seeing major changes in. And right now we have another element, which is technology with artificial intelligence looming that any minute now that technology will progress forward. Um, and this is why disclosure is very eminent because the amount of information that this artificial intelligence is now processing is a godlike processing system um, mm -hmm. that allows us to access higher, even higher bands of information, which humanity is mimicking. Remember, nature, uh, technology always mimic nature. 
we are those um, the the capacity that artificial intelligence is having of processing information is what humanity already has installed within them organically. So the cultivation of our intuitive faculties is absolutely essential to let's say the survival of the next 10 years and the transformation because disconnecting from technology and activating the organic technology will be what will sustain the networks of intercommunication of a higher frequency for the collective and so uh, while humans are in survival you cannot activate these faculties so um this will help us discern that because there will be a lot of events that will happen that will uh, try to push people towards states of fear um, mm. and into states of feeling uh, disempowered. That's, that's a very, very strong thing is the manipulation of power. Sorry, go ahead. Do you think there's going to be, because one, one of the things uh, I believe might happen, you know, uh, we look at how technology is progressing and we have this transhuman agenda where you know all the people like musk want to get us into running with a chip you yeah. know and mm -hmm. living in fake world and then having full control over us where we have some corporation this is obviously the the negative kind of agenda or timeline to keep people in this artificial right. world and uh, you know fully under control and generate emotions that they love by um, you know living in fake worlds and things exactly. like that but it because the society is relying on technology so much if let's say a person wants to function in society and get a job these days, they need to rely on technology. They need to have a smartphone. They need to know how to use the internet, all these things. So what I think might start happening in the next 10 to 20 years is that once this is going to move into that phase, uh, if enough people start using these technologies, then this is going to become the norm. And you know these people are going to be way more productive. They they can communicate better, you know, use access internet quicker, things like that. And that might become the norm, forcing everyone else who wants to be a part of the society to also become transhuman. And then I think we might see a split of, you know, certain part of population will decide to live organic in an organic way and the other group transhuman what do you think do you think yes. this is likely to happen uh yes definitely um i i definitely see that this is uh what the agenda wants to impose into humanity is that there is a merge between the technology and ourselves right and so but we have to understand that uh the element of control means that financial systems as we know them will dissolve they'll become digital <laughs> um, mm -hmm. which means that we become completely dependent on these systems right so the thing is that we have to look at the model and the construct of why the soul incarnate into the physical the soul incarnate into the physical in order to in the bigger picture reunite all of its separate fractals into one so we we need to choose unity rather than separation um, and even though these agendas might uh, propose some kind of split and separation, um, 
the more that we go towards unity consciousness within ourselves, the more we will choose a more organic kind of timeline. Um, but we're not going to be separate from technology. What mm -hmm. that will allow us to do is to use the technology in a way that is holistic, okay? To use it in a way that we are thinking about the collective whole. Um, and this is why so many people in the Silicon Valley are leaving these companies and making major changes because they understand the amount of power that lies within this kind of technology, mm -hmm. within artificial intelligence and what's capable. Without, with our ignorance of our own physical technology and our own bodies, uh, we are extremely easily manipulated by, um, by connecting to the technology. And the way that we are, you know, we have helped to build that, right? We have been using Google and Internet and Facebook for the past, uh, you know, 15, 20 years. We helped input and program uh, this consciousness uh, you know, well, for the consciousness to eventually emerge from this technology. But, you know, uh, the way that I see that this, what's happening right now is a cycle. It's happened many times in history and many civilizations have gone through this process. And what we can learn from those civilizations is that when we come into harmony with the, the tools that we are using and we use them in a way that is compassionate, and in a way that is supportive to the evolution of organic humanity, um, then we do see the light at the end of the tunnel for all. Um, but we have to understand that our time on social media, like uh, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, that when we do that, we're actually contributing to uh, the building of these, uh, you know, constructs in the future. So that that's why those things have to have to change from the inside out. Yeah, it's. Uh it's very difficult to think about how this could change when um you know the corporations that can build these technologies they're the most powerful these corporations because um first of all you know you need a lot of money to be able to build these types of technologies and and this system only supports uh selfish greedy parasitical kind of behavior in those corporations so it's kind of like the self-sustaining parasitical system. And it, like you said, we are contributing and building it ourselves through our participation. And then it's it would be very hard to have alternatives without a lot of money, without you know um, enough people putting effort. I, I well, know someone, yeah. Sorry. Oh, um, sorry, did you finish your thought? I'm so sorry. Um, I just want to say finally that, you know, I know someone who, for example, tried to build social network um, called Minds that come with very little funding and people are not so interested in, you know, joining anything that is, that is not really working properly and things like that. You know, it's, uh, it's always kind of, if you think about, let's say, you want to go support a local farmer, a lot of people are lazy and they want to buy from Amazon Prime because they just click and it comes to straight away, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like a lot of that is growing on our own convenience, laziness, and, you know, things like that. Right. Well, I mean, it just reminds me of the saying that, you know, you cannot cure, you cannot... Um 
you know, cure an illness with the same kind of illness, you know, with the same kind of illness. So actually what we need to redirect our attention is not building another technology to compete with that technology, but understand that you are the technology. You see mm -hmm. your body, everything that they're learning for about AI, about the mechanisms of organic humanity, advanced concepts of energy and information systems are all based in nature. Okay, and you are that. So your activation of your technology, which is your your ability to be telepathic, that's a very real thing. It's not a fantasy. We have that ability. The ability to remote view, to communicate and connect with people on the other side of the world simultaneously right here, right now, through your mind. That's a real technology that we have in our body that was used and, and manipulated by the government in their own, uh, you know, military uh, organizations. But we have that and it's been suppressed from human uh, mainstream and it's been put into films from Hollywood and CIA in order to make us think that these are fantasies. But in reality, this is the real technology. So actually, these are the things we, we are able to self heal our bodies. Yeah. This is a fact that you have absolute mastery over your cells and the organism in your body, that if you want, you can be in the presence of a virus and you can decide not to accept this in the body and biologically strengthen your immune system to not interact with these things. Mm -hmm. Okay, It's a fact that you can actually uh, travel interdimensionally and interconnect with information, a network of information that is way more broader and advanced than, than the Internet. And you can do that through your mind, through your meditation, through your connection. Um, all of the ancient sages in history have demonstrated that for us and always report the same kind of uh, results. Uh, so there, there is a very specific architecture to this realm that we exist in. So this is where we have to put our attention in cultivating and mastering. And the people that are spending time in cultivating that are not going to be uh, uh, supporting another platform or another technology because that's not where the solution is. It's an entire shift um, of humanity. And again, the external world is always a reflection of the internal. So actually we create the reality that we exist in. And so um, the, the in invitation is that you don't become parasitic in any way because as soon as we look outside for something that we need, that we think we need, that we cannot give ourselves, this is where we become parasites as well. And so this can be with love, this can be with attention, with affection, with acknowledgement, um, and those root emotions of the human race that drive us into seeking to build, um, which has a positive thing, right? It helps humanity evolve, it helps things move in this world and create, we're extremely creative organisms. Um, but as creative creatures, we have to redirect our creative power into the true uh, technology, essentially, that's going to pull forward humanity. Um, so I think that this is where the next 10 years are going to test humanity in a way um, in, in, in each human discerning from themselves where they will place their attention and their, in, in, their um, energy, you know. Yeah, I, I've been saying this for a while uh, in my content that, you know, if, let's say, humanity would evolve differently, like a couple of last few hundred years, instead of living from ego, because everything in society is built from ego, right? So, right. you know, corporations, 
they just want to sell as much as possible. That's ego, right? This is just to grow. So they are the biggest, all this type of stuff. So everything, information, the way news works, just to kind of, um, you know, get views and um, make something look 10 times worse or feed grain, things like that. But let's say if population will live completely differently um, at the peak now, maybe the technology would be telepathic, like you said, from generation to generation, what we see as a fake telepathic abilities like internet and things like that, it would be natural, natural. But um, even when when we look at these other races, they often use technologies. So you think this is going to be more um, kind of imbalance, right? We're still going to use technology, but we're going to be more kind of sustainable, more, more organic. Well, well, here's the thing, and this is what I see as an insider, right? a person that has uh, contact experiences and um, also information connected from all the contactees that I interact with in my groups. Um, the future of technology is 100% organic, 100%. Even the craft that mm. these beings are navigating are an extension of their body, if you can mm. wrap your head around that. Okay, so that's that's the future. That's what we are going to go through, go towards uh, if we if we make it that far, <laughs> you know, if we don't uh, do something to ourselves before that. Um, but essentially, uh, because and, and why is that? Because when you depend on the material again, you are limiting yourself. There will always be a limit because it's finite. So when you're when you're creating with materials that are finite, there's always an end and there's always a you know a beginning to them so the real future of humanity will essentially be this non-physical mastery of uh of the non-matter okay so and and that require and that that's what if you just look at how humanity is evolving right and the things that we're focusing on mindfulness meditation all those things are completely in our mainstream now mm. they haven't been like that 30, 40 years ago, you weren't really talking about that. Yeah. And, and yet we learn from the ancient civilizations, they had advanced technologies. We look at uh, Egypt, the incredible technology that they were able to access. The Mayans, all of these ancient cultures are showing us the history of high level technologies that we're not mm-hmm. using computers and, and microchips and things like this. It was an advanced cultivation of the human body, the organism, which is actually the key uh, to access that information. This is what uh, apparently like some of these of pyramids in Egypt would be that they would work as these amplifiers. Yeah. Uh, or apparently in Atlantis, a lot of technologies were like that, that they would just amplify your own abilities. Right. This seems to be the the path where, which is the positive path, and using the technology for for the benefit without. Yeah, it seems that way. And and remember that you know we see all these old ancient civilizations that are now in ruins, right? That are mm-hmm. dis- dissolved now. We this is another part that we have to remember the higher purpose of this existence, which is non-physical. It's not finite, right? So everything is cyclical also so as soon as you enter a high octave in the human race they will dissolve from they will dematerialize from this dimension 
and it will enter into another octave of existence. So we have to prepare our minds to become very, very close friends with our, with our understanding of death and the dissolvement of the physical and material as well. And that's something that's very difficult for human humanity because they are very attached right now to themselves, to their identity, to the things around them. Um, and the future is really to practice and exist in that flow of non-attachment, even to the physical body, because eventually, you know, these physical bodies, uh, if we don't tune into these technologies, also another thing I wanna mention that when you activate the higher faculties, you also tap into longevity. And that's mm. something that we need to understand that if we transcend the cycle of death, in this lifetime that is assigned to this physical body, the body begins to regenerate again. Okay, so we are ever regenerating organisms. Um, and there have been a lot of studies shown, actually models that were created by artificial intelligence showing what happens to the human when they surpass 150 years. Um, the human starts to grow teeth, the human starts to uh, regenerate the hair in the body. Okay, and we haven't reached that before. We haven't seen those models. So we are just tapping into this new understanding about these cycles, which, yeah. Um, yeah, so. I mean, you know, there are all these stories about immortal yogis somewhere in yeah. Himalayas, <laughs> that they apparently can meditate and live hundreds of years. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting because sometimes when I was meditating, getting very, very deep, um, I would feel like almost like I don't have to breathe because I feel like I'm kind of the prana is sustaining me. It's almost like you become a battery that just sucks the prana. And uh, yeah, maybe if people would put a lot of time and effort yeah. instead of going to work every day, eight hours, just sit and meditate for eight hours, we, we would uh, live a few hundred years, who knows? Yeah. Or, or at least we will exist in a state of non-suffering, which is really, really important. Um, our emotions and our states of non-suffering is what actually destroys the physical body. So we want to enter into those states of non-suffering, uh, a creative bliss states, which is the embodiment of source, um, and that we can embody that every moment of our day. That's the hope. Um, okay. So, you know, I still wanted to Go back a little bit to the this whole hybridization uh, mm -hmm. experience program. Sure. Um, so first thing that comes to my mind is always like, are these, um, you know, is it done through with your consent? And do you think this is used uh, because you made these types of agreements before? Um, or are you being used for this program? What do you think about that? Did, did you get to understand it? Yeah, so um, it really goes back to understanding this multidimensional model that we are fractalized and we exist in simultaneous timelines in in this moment okay so if you understand that then there's some there's another layer to that that well if you exist in other timelines um you know how does it how does that part of you affect the part of you that exists in this moment and there is a very powerful correlation and intercommunication between your fractals so 
parts of you, and, and remember, we perceive them as past life, future lives, because we have this very limited concept of time, right? Mm. It's very particular to human. human. Um, but in these realms, you're looking at more of a sphere. Everything mm. exists simultaneously and all in one. So you're at the center of that sphere. Whichever part of you is conscious becomes the center of that sphere, just like the universe. It looks like it's expanding, but everywhere that you go, it's going to feel that it's expanding from that place in the universe, right? Mm. So um, when we when we bring ourselves to the awareness, when the, the consciousness comes online by means of awareness, this is actually where uh, you begin to access this information, okay? So uh, that being said, uh, when we are introduced to these hybrids, uh, the, the hybrid experience, uh, we, we believe that we had these children in this lifetime, okay? We could have had that child in another lifetime, in another fractal of ourselves. We could have agreed to have this experience to create that being in another timeline. But we don't, underst we don't know those agreements because we're not conscious. So it would require the human to become aware of themselves their life, the agreements that they make in their life, why they incarnate into this family bloodline, because hybridization is, is, is the utilization and manipulation of genetic data. Genetic data is the blueprint of the soul. The soul, uh, the soul which is infinite potential, is essentially stored within a holographic data system. And only 1% of that is making this physical body. Mm -hmm. Okay, There's other infinite, infinite aspects of yourself that are reading the same genetic data. So your DNA becomes extremely valuable, especially if in your ancestral lineage, you have many generations of psychics, intuitives, people that have been uh, training and cultivating higher mind. Because what happens is that when you cultivate higher frequencies, higher minds, you create mutations in the DNA, which is why all of the descendants of these Christ consciousness lineages, these very uh, important bloodlines from which RH negative also emerged. RH negative is an, an example of the mutation in our human race. Okay those kinds of mutations and, and that mutation of that race cannot be traced back genetically in, him, in our history. So that's an example of mutation. There are many other mutations that we are currently going to be understanding of human now. Um, but those bloodlines, so, so these bloodlines from the origin of time going back to the inception of humanity, let's say in the era of Mesopotamia, but we have a way larger history than that. But let's say the origin of Mesopotamia. Um, these bloodlines that were the origin of these three main races are holding information. They are the key to the creation of the matrix construct psychologically and biologically. So those programs that are embedded in humanity were cultivated in groups of families very, very carefully through history. And those bloodlines were cultivated into the bloodlines that are in most power now, okay? Because the information of the alchemy of, of life force, of primordial life force has been ma manipulated through history. 
and all of that has to do with our sexual energy. Sexual energy is the most important, powerful life force that the human has because with that you can create the splicing of a soul. And the splicing of the soul is the ability to manipulate and utilize genetic data, which is vortex portals into species data banks. Okay? So, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no. Um, so, so it comes to my mind as a potential reason for some of these groups, why they are involved in these programs. You know, I heard about some types of grace that apparently they are us from one of the timelines when we went into the transhuman situation and we lost our humanity and then went underground that's why they have these big eyes because of the absence of light and then basically through generations they lost the ability uh i don't know so they they basically you know they lost all the humanity and, and DNA shifted and things like that. And that's why they do a lot of experiments because they want to rebuild, go back uh, to, to different forms. And uh, I, I would assume that, you know, if the soul is incarnating in those groups, uh, they obviously karmically or whatever, they have to, stay in these types of bodies for certain periods so maybe you know they try to shift into mixing the dna so the soul can start experiencing different types of bodies uh, you know could it, do you think it could be some, yeah some I, th I think that's a interesting way to explain uh what could be happening yes um now the concept of grace having big eyes underneath the earth to see because there's no light uh biologically i don't know if that makes a lot of a lot of sense to me just biologically i mean we think of moles and if we look at the creatures that live under earth you know actually they don't really have very big eyes <laughs> they have very mm -hmm. small eyes um so the biology of of, of graves that have a larger head and a larger um eyes uh looking at the history of biology is because they um they actually have grown a lot more gray matter and they can transduce uh, life force through their body more. They're interdimensional, okay? Um, so um, this concept of people, of, of beings losing their ability to access their source or their soul ability, um, this is, it's looking at it from the human filter, the human filter, because in reality, everything is conscious everything is conscious around us everything has a consciousness um but the the organisms that have the cultivation of their soul and are aware of that um are more conscious um so when we become parasitic we also disconnect from our consciousness we become dormant and we essentially we become like artificial intelligence they just tell us what to do and we follow it we program we're just like that we just become an organism that follows orders. So these species are also the same. They range in frequencies from the most unconscious species to the most conscious species. Um, and the species doesn't really have a lot to do with that. It has nothing to do with that really, because they're all hybridized. They're a combination of many different species, including we, 
including we are a combination of many species. Um, and again, the way that we exist in this construct is simultaneous. It's not separate. So every single organism in this construct is moving towards some kind of evolution. So even beings on a high dimension, even they are evolving on, in, in some way. So that being said, um, the hybridization program is a parasitic program specifically um, within the three-dimensional plane, within this matrix, to sustain the, the, um, the soul inside of this matrix in cyclical patterns. That's what the hybridization program is for. However, the human, the, the one that gives the genetic data, has absolute 100 control percent the influence and the output of the organism that is created. How do, how do we know this? Because we are so deeply interconnected and just look at our relationship with our children. Our DNA is in the child, the child DNA is in us. Even more than that, we have cells in our bodies that intercommunicate with the child. So when the child is in danger, the mother feels it. So that kind of connection exists with all things, with all beings in this universe. When we have a child in the hybridization program, we are directly linked to that. So any kind of transmutation and ascension that we do as a parent is also driving that child and the evolution of that child. So we actually need to break the agreements, the parasitic agreements that we have made to create these descendants and transmute the intention of the connection with the, with the child into a higher octave. Um, and we do that by integrating our own fractals and neutralizing our connection to them, neutralizing it, um, allowing this organism to have free will. Because what I notice is that a lot of uh, hybrid parents, they get very stuck in the idealism of the hybrid children. Um, and then they are not evolving and neither is the child. So when they, and, and remember that um, as a human race, um, the more we go into this unity consciousness, we understand that nothing is separate. So it's the same with the hybrid program. The souls that are created are put into the reincarnation cycle to keep the human race going. But again, um, and this goes into a little deeper conversations about the soul. How is a soul created? When a soul is created through transmutation and alchemy, I don't know if you're familiar with um, alchemical sex and transmutation practices, such as the ones that are taught by Montak Chia. Are you familiar with any of those? I mean, I heard about Montak Chia, but um, no. Yeah. If you could... Tell, yeah. tell us a little bit about it. R really briefly, this is very important because it's the missing link to understanding this hybridization program and why it's created. Um, because our sexual energy is the most powerful energy that we have within our body, um, it is manipulated and depleted from the body. Okay, so, you know, when we have, uh, you know, just random sex and we're always mm -hmm. depleting our sexual energy, um, especially for the men, you know, our life force is being uh, wasted. And every single one of the semen is a connection to a soul and to genetic potential. Okay, so the, the, re, the, unific, the use of that sexual energy in the transmutation, the cultivation of that 
creates really powerful energy in the human in the human and so these are practices that were known by uh oh. yeah by all the elites in history every single royal family in history understood and practiced these things which is why we have these royal families with activated dna that have come into power because they have inverted the use of that that mechanism okay they they have inverted the intention behind this mechanism still utilizing it and so the hybridization program is about utilizing humans that have in many lifetimes cultivated um this life force sexual energy because that's the it's it becomes a seed a very potent seed of life that they can create hybrids now the hybrids that are created by that potent seed of life can be used for good and for bad and um i guess the free will at that point is robbed from these souls hmm. when the souls don't wake up consciousness when they don't wake up consciousness and they just allow themselves to be used in the system like us so that's why as as a hybrid parent we have to end our contractual agreements to create children unconsciously even in our waking state because the children we create they're also hybrids and we there's a kind of powerful self organizing mechanism to this world that we are partnered with certain partners and we create children not just by random chance that in itself is a hybridization program that is a self organizing of genetic data um and we don't know that you know but actually in the higher levels it it is so so you think um you might agreed to it before or you think in a way <laughs> Sorry. Because... well okay so so to directly answer that question because um yeah yeah um i'm just i'm still a bit confused about you say okay. it, it could be a little bit of both it could be for for positive agendas okay, so for ne negative agendas what what i mean by explaining all of this information is um our awareness of how to utilize our sexual energy is what will choose if we are part of those programs okay so if we are using sexual energy in a very wasteful depletful way in many lifetimes we will be mm. used for these programs and we are consenting to be used for those programs because we're not aware of what we're doing with our sexual energy if we understand how to direct our sexual energy then we are consenting something different and we cultivate that creative life force to create very intentionally so some of these hybrids we created them in intentional lifetimes we made the agreements consciously okay we're going to bring this hybrid being into this world and the product is that those souls are highly activated intuition highly advanced organisms that pull forward humanity okay every single organism that is created is designed biologically through their vibrational frequency and genetic history to contribute to moving forward this this history this ancestral uh collective humanity um but we play a very important role in that because we are one family we're essentially one family there's no separation even you and i we have a relative in common just 2000 years ago so the 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 influence that we have over um 
shifting and healing humanity from our own internal work, um, that's, that's what plays a role in the kind of choices that we're making. I, I hope you, you understand what I mean. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand uh, that, you know, they are designed, let's say, genetically to propel humanity to become better organisms in a way. But but most of them are not existing here, right? Because the, they're kind of uh, existing in other densities or, uh, or they're, they're outside of Earth, right? No, no. We, we are hybrids. So we are created through the hybridization program. Our children are created through the hybridization program. And then, of course, we can be creating all kinds of children as well in other dimensions. Mm. Uh, everything exists simultaneously. Uh, there, there are also cases where people create these hybrids and then later they have the child or sometimes they they meet the child the hybrid child they they there was a mother that had a child a hybrid child here years later she connected intuitively to the hybrid child she goes to china and she met the child that she had and she recognized the child and the child remembered her remembered the memories of being on board craft and being seated as a soul you see the physical body that we take doesn't really have much to do. It's the soul that's being created. That's the important thing about the hybridization. It's not about the physical vessel that's being created. Because remember, we are fractalized in the three dimension. So Geraldine exists in this dimension, but also simultaneously exists as a Pleiadian or Arcturian or Reptilian or you know whatever other thing, uh, a maiden in some ancient village in France, I don't know, at the same time we are existing like that. So it's not just one thing. And so when a hybrid is being created, multiple fractals of yourself are also participating in the creating of that one soul that is being anchored into the three dimensional plane. And we anchor souls in many dimensions. We anchor them in many dimensions. Um, but again, to, to just highlight that you can ascend your fractals with your work. So your spiritual work that you do right here, right now is affecting all the children that you're creating, all the souls, all the families, all the uh, parts of you that extend from your, uh, you know, your center core. Yeah, this is something, um, you know, for example, when I had my experiences with psychedelics, I, I had these situations when I would reach the level of higher self this is what i think it was like because i still had a form but it was like i was literally whole whole reality was happening in my mind yeah. and i could see everything in reality simultaneously and i could see how everything is connected in the way for example where i need to shift then my cousin is gonna heal my brother's gonna heal my relationship with my girlfriend's going to heal things like that. I could see how it's all connected fractally. And when I started paying attention, listening to it finally, because it was over the years, I would be shown it many times. Yeah. And I started healing, let's say I quit alcohol completely. You know, I, I started changing a lot of things about myself. At the same time, my brother started doing similar things. My cousin started doing similar things. Um, you know, so it's kind of, um, you know, you're shifting into a timeline, let's say, where those fractals or aspects of yourself that are 
the most connected will reflect your shift basically correct exactly exactly yes yeah. excellent okay. yeah, yeah. I, I know it can be a little bit complex sometimes but i think it's really yeah. important i think we're ready for this information because like you you you're navigating these realms you're becoming aware of this and a lot of people are too you know so i think we need to uh somehow hopefully explain that yeah uh, i mean uh, sometimes people also get to similar conclusions through different paths yeah. um, you know sure and uh, maybe like when you try to explain things they might seem complex uh, to some people but then someone else can try to explain similar concept a little bit differently they might get it but one thing I see is always like this there is the same understanding of some of the big agendas some of the big goals among different people um you know everyone looks at it through their own experiences unique right. experiences and lenses but we more or less agree on some of the bigger uh topics let's say is is there anything else uh before we're gonna finish that you would like no. to cover or? That, that's it that's um, it unless you have any other questions um yeah i think i've shared a lot um no thank you for that what, what about your services like what is that you currently offer in terms of your sessions and uh working with clients yes um well i'm a clinical hypnotherapist and an epigenetic psychotherapist so my area is primarily around uh doing hypnotherapy and also a modality that i call dna reprogramming and the root cause of your emotions and your limitations we uh, uproot those and we work with them um, and it can be very very powerfully transformative for the person so you're just moving through your blockages um, and then of course hypnotherapy I use that for many different reasons whether it's healing your body accessing past lives um, the important thing is to access the truth of your core soul and the purpose of your being here um, so yeah so you can reach me at geraldinarosco.com and also my youtube channel at geraldinarosco i go really deep into all these concepts and explain them there a little more in depth so yeah just thank you so much for having me here it's been such a pleasure well, thank you so much for joining me today and um, for sharing the story and um, Thanks, guys, for checking another episode of Trophy Podcast. Until next time. Thank you.